Last week, I was in a minor car accident. By the time I saw the car, it was too late. I knew that we were going to run into each other. And for some reason, my reaction in the moment before the impact was to shield my eyes with my hands and cover my face as if covering my eyes would do something to protect me or to keep the accident from happening. Obviously, hiding did not keep my car from being hit. Uh, my bumper, front bumper now has a nice little crater on the front of it. Everyone involved was fine, but I was shaken. The range of emotions that I felt in the day after was deep and raw. There was guilt. Why wasn't I paying closer attention? There was fear. What if I hadn't seen that other car at all? There was anger. Why was that other driver being so reckless? And wrapped up in all of this was anxiety. Symptoms of anxiety, among many, include increased heart rate, irritability, trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry, feeling weak or tired, and having an impending sense of, of impending danger or doom. I would be surprised if there is anyone here today who has not felt one of these symptoms in the last few days, in the last week, in the last year. Election day has made us sick with anxiety. Some of us have become addicted to the election polls, to news, as if keeping track of the polls will give us some sense of, gives us some sense of control over what's happening. Others actually have looked in, I've heard others that have looked into the logistics of moving into to another country. You've already, uh, you know my result, my reaction to um, impending senses of danger and doom. I shield my eyes and plug my ears, say la 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 la, pretend that none of it is happening. But turning away will not keep a car accident from happening, nor will it keep November 8th from coming. It really does feel, if our worst fears come true, that our nation as we know it could come to an end on Tuesday. It feels as if we are facing the apocalypse. So it turns out that we have a few things in common with the people, the Thessalonians, from this morning's epistle. The Thessalonians were a highly anxious group of people who were afraid that the apocalypse was coming. They had been stirred up to believe that the day of the Lord, that is the second coming of Jesus, would arrive at any moment. They were in serious panic mode. And so the author of the second letter to the Thessalonians wrote to them, we beg you brothers and sisters not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed. In other words, don't be scared out of your wits. The day of the Lord has not arrived. Don't be caught up in hysteria about the end of the world. And in order to reassure his audience about uh, their safety, he tells them a story. Now, most of the story has been cut out from the lectionary committee, by the lectionary committee from today's reading. And perhaps that's a grace because it's a confusing story with vague characters like the lawless one, the restrainer, and the rebellion. And the plot is confusing. It moves back and forward in time. Uh, centuries ago, 
St. Augustine as he commented on this very section of the letter to the second the second letter to the Thessalonians wrote, I frankly confess that I do not know what he means. So, perhaps, as I said, it's a mercy that we're spared the entire story. But we should not skip it entirely because it provides a valuable illustration for anxious people. In this story, the main characters appear to be evil personified. Evil is the lawless one. Evil is Satan, who uses all power, signs, lying wonders, and every kind of wicked deception. When the day of the Lord does come, writes the author of this letter, the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth, annihilating him by the manifestation of his coming. The story, then, is about what evil is, and how it will be defeated. By telling this strange story, the author is responding to the people's anxiety by recognizing that evil is real. He doesn't deny that there are dangerous principalities and powers that are opposed to God's love. He doesn't tell the people to cover their eyes with their hands and plug their ears and just focus on the good. Face your fears, the author seems to be saying, and when you acknowledge that evil does exist, your anxiety will dissipate. Now, our apocalyptic worries might feel different from the Thessalonians, but the lesson is the same for us. Evil is real. There are principalities and powers that want to corrupt and destroy our world, and those evil powers will do all they can to deceive us, to convince us that we can put ourselves in the place of God. But God is more powerful than evil. And one day when the Lord Jesus does return to this earth, that evil will be destroyed by the mere breath of his mouth. No more than a puff of air, and evil will disappear forever. When we acknowledge evil as a principality and a power, we must also recognize that evil is a force and an entity that cannot be equated with people themselves. All people are children of God. All people. Donald Trump is a child of God. Hillary Clinton is a child of God. Trump supporters and Hillary supporters are children of God. And all children of God, including you, including me, can be deceived and corrupted by the powers of evil. So let's not fall into the trap of personifying that person or those people as evil. Before we cast the first stone, we have to ask, am I putting myself in the place of God, which is exactly what evil tempts us to do? So I beg you, my brothers and sisters, as the author of second, the second letter to the Thessalonians wrote, not to be quickly shaken in mind, not to be alarmed. I am, of course, no prophet, but on Tuesday, the world will not come to an end, no matter the hope 
that you have for the result. I'm reminded of a poem written in memory of Archbishop Oscar Romero, which begins, it helps every now and then to, to, stay, to step back and take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is beyond our vision. Today I invite you to take a step back and take the long view. When we take the long view, we remember that we, as long as humans have been on this planet, we have been confronted with evil powers that seek to lead us to despair, to anxiety, to hopelessness, to incivility and violence and distrust of each other and of God. Our temptation might be to look away from those evil powers, to curl up in a ball, to wait for it all to be over, trembling in fear and in anxiety. But as Christians, we are called to something different, to take a deep breath, to stand up, square our shoulders and face those things that we fear the most, whether we find them within ourselves or in other people. We stand firm because we know and trust that we are safe, because we are buoyed by God's eternal comfort and good hope. We stand firm because God strengthens us in every good work and word. We stand firm. Do not fear. All shall be well. Amen. Amen.